Hello friends, Christoph Heinen here with another episode of Miracle Soup. Today's episode is about me. (laughs) It's about my accomplishment. No, really. Today's episode is about this crazy idea I had years ago when I read the book Born to Run and I thought, man, it'd be real fun to do an ultramarathon one day. And it wasn't the time, it wasn't the time, wasn't the time, wasn't the time for years and years. I mean, like 10 years, right? That was in 2009, 2010, I read that book. Anyway, fast forward to January, I'm setting my New Year's intentions. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Man, I am so tired tonight. I am tired because I've been putting this podcast off for so many days. And I, and I want to just say, like, it seems so convincing to say because I haven't had time, right? But the fact of the matter is I didn't create time. And it's 10 o'clock at night, and I think, man, you know what, Christoph, you're tired. But can you really live with yourself if you don't do what you say you're going to do and you put it off for another day? And it's just, it's getting increasingly more difficult for me to actually not do what I say I'm going to do. You know what I mean? So, I'm stepping up. I'm, I'm really ready for sleep. But I'm going to go ahead and do this. And the reason I'm saying that is because that ties in with the story I'm about to tell. Because before this race of the 50 mile which took place in Castor Valley. It was called the Fire Trails 50. And before the race, the night before the race, I might, on a liberal side of the um, equation, I might have gotten a half an hour of sleep the night before this race. I was up, man, I tell you, I was up all night long. I, you know, I was like ready for bed at 9 o'clock. Um... My family had come along with me, you know, my my uh, partner and my one-and-a-half-year-old, Rain, and my partner's daughter, and we were all, you know, camping the night before in the Anthony Chabot campground. This was in the East Bay, you know, outside of San Francisco. And, uh, geez, I was like... There was some stress from the drive and with the family, getting everyone ready, you know, in that morning and just relationship dynamics and all that and kids getting tired and hungry and being in a car and traffic and directions and confusion and I led us to the wrong place to the registration and it was actually in Oakland and it was all like a lot and so... You know, there were some relationship dynamics happening that evening when we rolled in the campground finally around like 7.30 or 8. And so there's a little tension. We set up the tent. And then I'm like, okay, whatever. I got all my running gear sorted. I shaved my head, you know, just as like this final act of like commitment to the race. And uh, and um, I was... Just like I lay down and, and I didn't want to sleep with the family because I didn't want to get woken up, you know, by the baby or anything. So I kind of put just like a pad, like a nice cushy pad near the van and and my 
uh, sleeping bag and stuff. So I was all like tucked in. Nine o'clock. You know, ten o'clock. I can't sleep. I put in an audio book. Eleven o'clock. I try Eckhart Tolle, who usually puts me to sleep. Twelve. I'm starting to get panicked and anxious. Like, dude, I gotta wake up at four tomorrow to get this race start. That's that. Uh, the race started at um, six, but we had to get there to register. Yada yada. You know, the hours just kept ticking by. They kept ticking by, folks, and I had no sleep. And then four o'clock, it was time, and I go to make my coffee. I brought some like little Starbucks crack pack, and I, I went to make my coffee. I heat up some water from the bathroom in a little kettle I brought. Heated it up. I get back, and I'm like, okay, at least I got my coffee, right? I'm nervous as, as heck, but at least I've got my coffee. And what happens next is, like, I go to pick up a bag to sit down in my little chair, and I spill my coffee everywhere. Everywhere. I lost my coffee. I'm like, okay. Plus, I'm getting sick. I'm starting to feel sick because I didn't sleep, and I was worrying so much, and I'm, like, starting to get congestion and, like, a sore throat. I'm just like, oh, my God. And part of the worry and anxiety was just like these negative thoughts, right? Like similar to what I'm experiencing right now. Like no one's going to like this. You're too tired. This isn't the right time to record a podcast. Who are you to do this? You know, but that night it was, who are you to run this race? You're not ready. You haven't trained properly. You can't do this. You're not experienced enough. You're going to fail. Why even bother? This is a big mistake, you idiot. You shouldn't even run. What are you thinking? This was a big, big mistake. And like, uh, and then I'm thinking like, oh my God, my parents are getting old and they're going to die. What am I going to do? <laughs> oh my God, my money. I'm not making enough money. How am I going to pay these bills? Blah, 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 blah. So, you know, like, um, then come race, race morning, I, I get to the starting line. And then like once that buzzer went off or like once I got in the, in the crowd of people, there were 80 people f- for this 50. And my, by the time I got in that crowd, you know, I started feeling feeling some shakti, some energy, and, you know, it's like some emotion, like, wow, I got through it. I got through all those voices. Somehow I got through it. And like, here I am, I've been training for this race since January. And here I am. So, so that's kind of, that's kind of like already part of what I, I learned from that race is like, yeah, even if you're tired in the situation and the circumstances are not conducive to, you know, fulfilling the goal that you set out for yourself, I think it's really important to just like knock that shit out of the park and go for it anyway. And just take those steps, you know, you might be tired, like you might be, you you might not be ready at all, but it's so much better to do it than not. I mean, this is like huge because think of all the things that we're missing out on with all these excuses like I'm too tired who cares I'm too fat no you're not I'm not ready yes you are (laughs) it just it's important to do it you know these things these goals these aspirations we have it's really what nourishes and nurtures our lives and make thing and makes things worth living you know, it's it's fulfilling these amb- these ambitions, fulfilling these urges and this guidance we get from somewhere deep within our soul. This is important, and if we ignore it, 
it's like we're just living this life of mediocrity, uh, what Thoreau calls a life of quiet desperation. So, uh, yeah, it's funny because these voices hadn't just started the night before the race. I mean, they had gone on profoundly for about a month or so. Um, Matter of fact, a few episodes ago, I recorded about um, the San Francisco Marathon, which I was feeling very ready for and very confident about. For this one, I mean, pretty much after the the San Francisco Marathon, my training just tanked. Um, It was a mixture of just having already accomplished something and just feeling like I could get it into cruise control mode. And also the reality of sort of changing my living situation and living with um, the mother of my child and, and my baby and in and, and the family dynamic again and, you know, the, the different challenges that that presents. Um, I just kind of was getting lazy and apathetic. Um, and, and it got to the point where I, I really did. I, I gave up. I gave up on the goal. I said, I said, fuck it. I threw the towel in. I said, fuck it. I'm not running this race. And as I started, you know, to entertain that and, and really kind of like settle in to that belief, I started to see the people around me reflecting that as well. And they were saying, yeah, you shouldn't do this race, Christoph. It's crazy to run 50. I mean, who would run 50 miles? That's so stupid. And I was like, okay, you're right. And I'm not going to name who it was, but, you know, people who are close to me in my life were like, don't do it, Christoph. You can't do this. So it was just kind of goes to show, like, this really is a holographic universe, people. What we are experiencing in the third dimension in the world of form is really coming from our own patterns, our own thinking. So it was kind of weird. Like when people kind of kept, kept coming out of the woodwork to tell me that I couldn't do this race, it was almost like in a little alarm. I was like, wait. It was like in the Matrix when he sees the cat walking by and, and he's like, he says to Morpheus, oh, I think I just had deja vu. And Morpheus is like, what? That's a glitch in the Matrix. And this whole thing happens. It's like, I think... I felt like a glitch in the matrix. People started reflecting back all this, these beliefs that were coming out of my own thinking. And I'm like, oh shit, there's a glitch in the matrix. And it kind of perked my ears, right? I was like, oh, maybe this is actually like a sign that I do need to run this race. Okay. <clears throat> but having given up on my dream and having stopped training and having been eating junk food and just being complacent and not caring... I started to kind of get into a little bit of a depression, a little bit of a hole. Not like a clinical, like I can't get out of bed or brush my teeth kind of depression, but just like a blah, you know, like a big meh. Like, what the fuck's the point? I'll just settle, you know, in this job I don't really, you know, really not so stoked about in the big picture. And eat food, it doesn't really make me feel very good. Way too much of it. And just like get high every night and whatever watch Netflix, and just have this life that doesn't really go anywhere. And that made me really depressed to the point where I started to really pray and really feel like I needed some help. 
This is the part of the story that gets kind of cool because it really speaks to this part of me that's always found this trusted help. Trusted help. See, I'm tired, so just bear with me, guys. This is not the most eloquent podcast, but nonetheless, yeah, what I did was I prayed and prayed, and I, and I one night I had some extra time. You know, the girls had all gone to bed early, and it was a beautiful night, and I had the tent pitched outside, and I just thought, wow, I had the urge to take some mushrooms. I was like, maybe I can get some different perspective. Maybe a nice dose of psilocybin will sort of shift my perspective. And so, went ahead, took like a two or three grams, I don't really know, I just put some in my hand, chowed them back. And you know, the whole thing came on really gently, and, and uh, but also really powerfully. It was almost just like a wise friend um, was there with me, you know, kind of like filtering through the stars and speaking from the inner depths of my soul. And it just sort of showed me gently, um, dude, <laughs> if it could be put into words, this is what it said. It's like, you may, this is a huge deal. You have made this commitment. This has been a dream of yours. This is part of who you are. This is part of why you're on the planet. You have this body that can do this, and you can do this, it said. Now, what's it? I just call it the voice of the mushroom. Terrence McKenna calls it the same thing. You can call it the Holy Spirit. You know, your guardian angel, maybe. My higher self was sort of like channels to my higher self were sort of cleared out so I could really hear this. And I... And I um, and I started like, wow, that, that's really true. And it went on to say, and if you don't do this, again, gently, if you, it wasn't like a punitive sort of um, tone or anything, but it just, it was very clear. It said almost joyfully, but it was saying, if you don't do this race, you're going to lose so much personal power, so much willpower. It's going to be very hard to make goals and achieve them if you bail out on this. And along with that came a, like a surge of inspiration, like a reminder why I signed up for this race, a reminder why I run. It was like, this is fun, dude. You're not doing this for any other reason than it's a badass, wicked, rad thing to do. So... It's gonna be fun, and and I help, and I, I kind of got in that mind frame, that mind state of fun. This is not a chore. This is not something I'm doing to impress anybody. This is not something I'm doing for my health. This is mind commitment for my mind training, for um, honoring the impulse and the urge that's coming from my heart, and my soul, and this is a joyful celebra- celebratory experience. And, and it just shifted something like that for me. It shifted that. And it went from, I can't do it. This is so serious. I'm not ready. I don't have my drop bags. And I haven't studied the maps. And I haven't, you know, like, you know, like measured my VOC intake and blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, haven't trained enough. And said, so don't worry about that. You can do this. This is going to be fun. And it gave me the, and then it went on to give me the suggestions. It said, now start honing your diet. Get your diet a little bit more tweaked. Just eat really clean for the next few days. And all the training that you're going to get that's going to be effective, you've already done. Whatever it is, you've already done it. You can't 
don't worry, don't stress out about cramming in training before the race because it's too late. This is like a week and a half before or a week before. You know, I said, you know, just just show up. Have fun. <clears throat> and listen to your body about training. You might want to go on like a run or two more, but, you know, do yoga, do your breathing, your pranayama exercises, and just go for it. So I woke up the next morning feeling like a kid again, just feeling stoked, fired up. I had just told people I was going to give up on the race. I wasn't even going to do it. People had told me, that's a good idea. Don't do it. <clears throat> and I'm like, screw that. I'm running this race. Come hell or high water, this is going to be rad. So besides the yoga and the cleaning the diet, I started listening to like some really good audiobooks, uh, especially David Goggins. I love that guy's book, man. For those of you who don't know David Goggins, he was he uh, um, African-American, brought up in like Indiana someplace with a really abusive upbringing, really, really abusive father, and uh, basically just hated himself and weighed 350 pounds and just ate like shit and didn't care, his, care about his life, but uh, ended up finding it in himself to pull himself out of that um, sluggish hell and make it through three hell weeks to become a Navy SEAL Three, three hell weeks is absurd. I mean, like that's, hell week is, is an abs insane accomplishment. It's like an entire week of like sleep deprivation and freezing your ass off in the ocean and running ridiculous amounts and push-ups and abuse from uh, drill sergeants. I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine, I really, I can't imagine getting through that. But he did, he did three of them. For various reasons, which you have to listen to the book to find out about. But anyway, I'm listening to his stuff at work. I'm getting more and more fired. I'm getting my mind, you know, in the right space. And, uh, and, and yeah, yeah. The family came with me, and, and I already told you the part about not sleeping and all that. That last, like, push through the, the mental objections and the mental BS. Gosh. I mean, a big part of the race was seeing, like, back at my life and thinking, how much more ca could I have accomplished? But I've been listening to these voices for so long, which have been telling me to live small and all these things I can't do. It's like, dude, now that I've run 50 miles, I mean, that was an insane goal. I set that goal because it scared the shit out of me. I set that goal because I knew it was something that I didn't know I could do. And it scared me. And it was going to be really hard. But it was, it was a, a calling, and, you know, man, am I grateful for those mushrooms. I tell you, people, this is a huge plug for psilocybin. I mean, I hope I don't get in trouble saying this. You know, it's getting more and more legal now, but, you know, for people who are feeling stuck and depressed in their life, to take some psilocybin in a responsible way with intention you know, it just like, don't go out with your friends and party and drink and mix it with other drugs and all that bullshit. Just sit with yourself and have a meditation, you know, for six hours. And you don't have to be like all sitting up and all serious. Just make a nice space. Maybe it's with a trusted friend, but I think it's really best by itself, by yourself, solo. And just heal, you know, just like let that molecule do its magic and, <coughs> excuse me, and unlock the 
the, you know, the different perspective and the healing that's inside of you. And then set a goal, do it, right? So I'm going to talk a little bit about the actual race now. Um, the gun went off. We started, and like just like what happened at the San Francisco Marathon, is like once that starting thing goes off, <coughs> I get all emotional. I start getting all welled up with tears, and I just thought, all these people who've done so much uh, for the training for this race, everyone's put so much effort into this, and so many obstacles have been overcome to get these runners into this position to run this race. Like it's just so beautiful to me, and I just got like all like choked up, you know, and just like. I really started crying, you know, just in the beginning of the race. And I'm like, God, I hope no one sees me. But no one did because we've all got our headlamps on. It was 6 in the morning. It was dark in Cull Canyon, uh, right by Amun's Ashram, by the way, which is super trippy, like right there, right, right pretty much across the street, down the road a few miles. But like, wow. Uh, the race started... Um, you know, everyone's kind of like, you know, no one's really, well, the people in the front took off because those guys are machines, the people who won in like half the time that I did the whole entire race in. But it started up kind of going up switchback trails up through the canyon. And um, I was like, you know, keeping up with the pack, but noticing that, wow, the pack's going pretty fast and I'm feeling pretty winded, but I didn't give a shit. I was like, I don't care. I'm just going to run with these people. I don't care if I'm tired. I don't care if I fall apart. I don't care if I fall down. I'm going to do this. So I'm running up the switchback. It crests out over the canyon rim right as like the sun is just starting to barely peak over the eastern horizon. To the west is the San Francisco Bay. Um, you could see the San Francisco skyline in the far distance, you know, probably mm, 100 miles away. I'm not really sure how far it was away, but a good chunk. And then and it's just like the stars were just beaming down from the sky. It was, it was a surreal experience. It was just stunning. And I felt so connected, even though I still felt sick and unsure and worried a little bit. Um, I just felt like, man, this is the right place to be right now, just on this on this road, on this race, on this trail. Um, running up with some some folks, you know, and I'm like, wow, everyone's got like, oh yeah, that was the other thing. The voices that were trying to tell me not to run the race before the start were like, dude, all these people have better running gear than you. Who are you? You don't even have the right kind of headlamp or the right kind of ultra vest. You have a crappy knockoff camel back from Ross, you know, you don't even have the, like, the two, like, hand, the two water bottle things on your vest, and you probably don't even have the right kind of gel or goose you're supposed to bring with you, and you don't have the right shoes, and you're wearing the right, wrong socks. By the way, the socks, I had just ordered a new pair of Adidas socks from Amazon, and I put them on, and I was noticing, I remember reading the package that they had some little, like, padding deal on the bottom like a very slight pad on the bottom of the foot part of the sock and I put it on my shoes I wear a, a Merrill like some kind of it's not like the fingers glove but it's some kind of like glove minimalist shoe by Merrill which I really like but these freaking socks man I knew that when I put that on something was a little bit off with my foot it felt a little weird on my arch of my right foot, but I ignored it, and I'm like, whatever. This is going to come back to bite me later in the story, so just hold on for that. But, yeah, so all these thoughts, like, 
you can't, you're not, who, you're not even a real athlete. Who are you to do this? And I was like, oh my fuck, Jesus, this is crazy. But I didn't give a fuck. Because I just saw David Goggins, you know, that guy failed so miserably on his first race, but he still finished it. He did everything wrong. Like, he didn't have the right food or nutrition or anything. So it was be really because of Goggins that I finished this. Big, big, big props to David Goggins. Um, so, yeah. Cresting out on the canyon, the stars are coming down, it's beautiful, serene night, and I'm just going and going, and the sun comes up, and it's morning, and I stop at a trail, see my family, they give me a hug, I'm like, kind of in it, I'm feeling really stoked by then, you know, by mile 13, I met up with this dude, and we were talking, he was giving me some really great tips, and and he had done like multiple ultras before and he kind of like fell back and I, and he's like, dude, go ahead, you know, keep your own pace, do your own race. And I was like, thanks. I kept running. I'm like, wow, I just, I'm like pulling ahead of this guy who's done ultra, like lots of ultras before. And he also, he's super ripped. His legs were like, and his arms, he was like this machine. So... It was like around then, mile 13, 14, that I, something clicked in me and I knew I was going to finish. Just something clicked. I knew it. Totally knew it. So I'm running, running, running. Everything's going good. You know, nothing's hurting too bad. I'm just keeping a good pace. Just keeping my mind, keeping my mantra going, keeping things checked in my head. And before you know it, it's mile 25 and I'm at Skyline. You know that place in the Oakland Hills? It's called Skyline. Anyway you run through all these beautiful redwoods, redwood groves to get there. And it was just like so, such a beautiful trail. Get up to Skyline and there's my family. You know, there's there's um, <clears throat> the mother of my child and there's my little baby who's giving me a big hug and and uh, my stepdaughter who's 10 giving me a big hug and they're, they're all like really happy to see me and everything and cheering me on and I eat some grapes and drink some uh, electrolytes and like kind of like just tune in for a second before I turn around I turn around I start going it's like 11 o'clock I start going um, and like a mile later that freaking Adidas sock people just it had been wearing and wearing and wearing on my right arch and finally my right arch just went like and I felt like a knife stabbing through my arch of my foot i'm like oh man I could, how am i gonna do this i can't how am i gonna keep going this is so painful it was so painful and i like was hobbling i'm like how the hell am i gonna finish this race with my foot hurting me like this but it was then i started thinking about my mushrooms the mushroom journey and how in tune i felt with my intuition with the mushrooms and i got that same kind of intuitive guidance that said like almost like a clear voice saying take off your shoes and I'm like dude take off my shoes are you kidding me everyone's gonna think I'm crazy there's rocks everywhere that's nuts but it said if you want your feet to get better take off your shoes and I took off my shoes I put those stupid ass socks in the back of my camel pack and uh put my Merrells on my hands which smelled really gnarly and I started running barefoot and it was like really way, way better. Huge relief on my feet. And it sort of massaged my arch. And I ran like that for a while. And then um, I kept running like that for a while. 
And then before long, you know, when I got to the part of the trail that was too rocky, just like gravel and, and you know, kind of like road rocks, I put my shoes back on and I found that um, I had sort of massaged and stretched out my foot enough so that I could run in my shoes again. So that was sweet. So boom, I'm back in the race. And then, you know, like a couple miles later, I got to take my shoes off again. And people are like, dude, are you okay? And I just had to explain myself. And then um, it just progressively got worse from there. Worse in the sense of my body pain becoming worse and worse, but better in the sense of this is where, this is where the real magic of an ultra happens because the pain becomes very, very excruciating. And my whole body was like hurting so bad. And I started getting really nauseous and hungry at the same time, which is weird. I was like starving, but kind of nauseous. And um, I, I uh, <clears throat> like really had to get my mind really focused, like really honed in. And, and that's where like the Indians, the Indian culture and the Vedic culture, they talk about tapas and I get it now. I get what that's all about. I get why the yogis would go into the cave and do these like austerities and these fasts and, and maybe these like long extended rituals and sleep deprivation and whatever, you know, all these different things that um, people have done throughout the years to sort of achieve this heightened state. And, and I get it it's because when your body's under so much stress, you have to hone your mind to accomplish the goal. You have to really, really put a lot of focus into what you're doing and it really exercises your concentration and your resolve and your connection to what is real and alive deep within you. It awakens your soul. It shows you what's actually happening. It shows you who you really are and what you can actually do. So I really had to focus on like very positive things and why I was running the race for the benefit of others, for um, honing my mind you know, running the race for my kid, I was just finding whatever I could within me to, to like, it was like I'd had enough food, I couldn't really eat much more because I was feeling nauseous, and I had to find, you know, like, the nourishment with my thoughts, with good thoughts. If I started thinking negatively, man, I was going to tank. So, you know, in a 50-mile race, there's a lot of walking, especially, well, Especially if there's if it's a hill, you know, if it's a trail race. So there's a lot of walking uphill because you got to conserve your energy. Uh, but on those downhills, I made sure to just like scoot my ass off. And on the flat way, on the flat parts, I would I would definitely do my best to run um, when I could. But it was getting harder and harder. I tell you, harder and harder to the point when it just hurts so bad to run. And then, but walking hurt too, because it was just, I knew it sucked. Like I didn't want to be walking. I wanted to be running. So it sort of just didn't, you know, make sense to be walking. And so I really forced myself to run. Um, <clears throat> saw my family one more time when my, I was running barefoot and my arch was hurting so bad and I didn't know what I was going to do. And, you know, um, Kayla gave me some like salve to put on the arch of my foot and I kind of massaged it in. But but, but uh, the 10-year-old, you know, she looked at me at one point. She just looked right, right in my eyes and she said, Kristoff, I know you can do this. I know it's hard now, but I know you can do it. 
And it was just like this transmission. I'm like, dude, this kid just gave me this like blast of Shakti Prana power. I'm doing this. And I, and I was like, yeah, you can get you can get through it somehow. Just run barefoot, walk, crawl if you have to, but you're finishing this race. Um, my goal was 12-hour finish, and I did the race in 11 hours and 42 minutes. I beat my goal. I'm so happy about that. The pain just kept getting worse, but the mental resolve kept getting better. I had the Bhajra Sattva Mantra just looping in my mind, um, and it was set to uh, some tune that just came from wherever. It was just like the mantra was in me coming out. Um, the Vajrasattva mantra is goes like this. The Tibetan version is Om Bedra Guru Peme Siri Hum. Om Bedra Guru Peme Siri Hum. And I just had that going on and on in my head really slowly at times, but I felt like that mantra had some kind of power associated with it that helped me through. Met some really cool people on the trail. I told you about the, the ripped dude who was telling me all the technical information, but also a couple of women were really giving me some great advice and telling me how they'd each done 100-mile races. And I'm thinking, Jesus, why in the world would anyone do a 50-mile race and then want to do a 100-mile race? I was like, I'm never doing a 50-mile race again. Never, ever. Like My dream of doing a 100-mile race is out the window. This is insane. This is so painful. This is masochistic. This is nuts. I shouldn't be doing this. Well, nobody should be doing this. What the hell's going on? Of course, the next morning, after you know, just a little bit of recoup, I felt so amazing. I just I'm like looking for the next race, like right away. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to do this again. <laughs> I know so many things that I could do better. I'll make this a better experience, and I can go faster, and I'll be more equipped and more prepared, and yada yada. But um, one of the girls, as I was running, this was like the last four miles, which was the most brutal part of the race. God, it was such a huge hill at the end. And then the last switchbacks that went down the canyon just seemed to take 10 times longer than going up. It was just like everything was just drawn out, and the pain was worse and worse. And I was just like starting to get pissed. I'm like, who the fuck mess with this trail someone made it longer this isn't fair like what the heck's going on but one of the women um suki she was like a japanese woman or something really cool really cool um runner and she said hey you know one of the things that really helped me is this book called ultra mindset by travis macy if you want to check out like the kind of thinking and the kind of like coaching and the kind of like regimens and lifestyle to run these ultras you're going to check out his book and she told me a bit about it but basically the whole gist is when we find these parts of our lives when we find these activities and these endeavors that really push us to the edge that's where our minds get strong that's where our minds get really um really worked out and that's where we grow the most and that's and and it's like it's all about leaning into this difficulty and these challenges and this pain because out of that comes something new and it's so true and I just I, I, I just totally resonated with that because this race for me really was a sort of a rebirth something new was born in Christoph Heinen something profound and something strong and something confident and someone through that pain died 
and someone else emerged. I mean, not, you know, like not in a crazy way, but so much of this, these old stories like, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this, I'm no good. So much of that just got to die. And instead, there's someone who sees challenges as something that, uh, and sees difficulty and sees obstacles as something to like really lean into. You know, maybe that's what Ganesha is really teaching us. He's like the remover of obstacles because he shows us that the obstacles are the blessings. Like he's like maybe like even the bestower of obstacles because the obstacles are what we need. Like who, if we didn't have obstacles, we wouldn't grow. We wouldn't get strong. You go to the gym and you pick up like these heavy weights that tear your muscle fibers so that it gets bigger and you get ripped and your body gets all buffed out. You don't do that by just like lifting little weenie weights and being like, eh, it's, this is nice. No, you put some weight on that bar. You lift it, you find your max, you shake. You like see the veins stick out of your forehead in the mirror because you're like really, really, really lifting this shit. So <clears throat> The Ultra Mindset, I've been listening to that now. It's like a really great book. Highly recommend it. Um, and oh, the finish. So... <laughs> So finally, like, I can hear the cowbells in the distance. I'm like, Jesus, thank God this freaking race is over. Like, I was beginning to think they were fucking with me or I was lost or <clears throat> they moved the, the finish line or something. But I hear those cowbells and I hear some cheering from another finisher. Uh, it was Lynn who was just, just before me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And so I just like, just like I did at the marathon, I just found whatever last bit of strength I had and I just like started sprinting, <laughs> like all out, just like mad, just crazy sprint to cross the finish line. First person I saw, I'm like, yeah, I did. And the first person I see was uh, my stepdaughter, Liasha. She just comes running up to me and gives me a big hug. And it was so awesome. And then Kayla was there and I held the baby, Rain, and... Um, it was just, just wonderful. Like just wonderful. I had completed so much and I just felt so at peace and so nauseous. My God, I felt really like I was going to puke and I sat down and they had this huge buffet, a beautiful meal for all the finishers. And I sat down to, and I, I couldn't, I was like, I got, you know, I just gave the plate to the girls. So I'm like, I came and eat this. But they had free beer. Everyone got a free beer. I went to go get my beer. And it was like, I thought I was getting a lager, but it was a stout. And I just like chugged half of the, half the can. And that just clicked it, man. That just clicked it right there. I leaned over the picnic table and just, I lost my cookies. I lost so much. I must have puked from the last four arrests, you know, the aid stations. Just gallons seemed of liquid and also all of the gels and all of like the little trail mixes that I had and the potato chips and the and the quesadillas from the from the from the mile 38 and it all came out it all came out so that tells me that um you don't need as much in your belly for the last half of a 50 mile because you're probably going to puke it out anyway. It's probably not even digesting because they say when you're running a long race like that, so much blood has to go into your legs and your arms that um, it all leaves your digestive system and you can't really digest. 
so well. So I lost it all. And then even when I got in the car, I had to drive home actually because um, Kaylee was with the baby. And I got to an intersection at one point and I just like opened the window as I was driving and I just like lost it. I was just so much was coming out. Oh man. But uh, let me not gross you all out. It it doesn't matter. Puking is actually a very common thing in these races. And I think I could have avoided that even if I had just sort of had a little bit more awareness of how much liquid and, and food and gels and trail bars I actually needed to complete the race, which is way less. So, um, yeah, never thought I was going to run one again. Next morning, I'm researching the next race and... Uh, so just so many lessons compiled into that 11 hours and 42 minutes and just thinking, you know, kind of like with the podcast and with the endeavors in life, you don't necessarily do it for other people, even though there is that element, you know, I, I always dedicate things for the for the benefit of all beings, you know, my meditation and, and, and my work day and my racing and my running, you know, training runs and stuff like that. But you're really doing it for yourself. You really are. You're doing it to to grow your mind and to meet resistance and to overcome um, and to grow in talent and grow in skill. And that just automatically ripples out to family and friends. It automatically ripples out to benefiting your community. When you take that step towards what it is that your heart is longing for, and that your inner calling is is calling, and, and you accomplish it, and you just go there, and you do your best, that really does affect people. And it changes you as a person, and it makes you a person who has more to give. It really does. It's like you're upping your value. You're upping your operating system. You're becoming the next best version by embarking on these, um, ex- these, uh, these endeavors, these challenges, and these goals, and it also just kind of puts things in perspective, you know, when, when you have that kind of thing going on and you're running a big race or, or whatever it is, right? committing to writing that book or starting that business or who knows, even just meditating for more, whatever it is, when you begin to, to accomplish these steps and to have success because you're actually showing up and doing this work that your heart and your soul are or programmed, you know, you're, you're like your mission on the earth, which are the things that bring you joy, and like deep satisfaction, fulfillment, then what happens is all the bullshit, all the small stuff, all like the dramas with so-and-so being mean to you and this not being fair, it's like, it doesn't fucking matter. It just doesn't. You know, after you run 10 miles, after you do something like really hardcore, after you run 50 miles, I mean, shit just falls off you like water on a duck's back, you know, not to use that um, metaphor like too much. I know it's kind of cliche, but it really is. It's just like you got a force field around you after after you start going there. Like, can you imagine like someone who climbs El Capitan or Half Dome, like that dude who does it without rope, you know, I forgot his name. I should know it. He's so he's like really inspiring. But you think they give a shit? Like, if you just climbed Half Dome or El Capitan and you just did it in a day, even three days, whatever it takes, and you come back down and, and, and you get a call from someone who's like, 
I don't appreciate the way that you treated me and blah, blah, blah. You think you care? You don't care. You're like, sorry. I mean, I just climbed this fucking epic mountain and nothing really matters. Like, I'm going to focus on the next endeavor and the next little step in how to be a great person. And I'm going to, you know, do that much better and take that much better care of the details in my life and strive to be a better person. But I'm not going to like, I don't have time and energy to get bogged down with all this drama and this bullshit and other people's issues and all this craziness in the world and what Donald Trump tweeted or what like happened to in the news in general, which I can't do anything about. No, I'm a laser beam focus, mofo. I cannot be like, I cannot fall from this trajectory and this focus. I cannot, I'm not being wavered by any of this silliness, which is only trying to distract me from the things that are awesome in life. Too many things are awesome in life to get distracted with all this bullshit that's not awesome. It's just not worth it. And we learn that when we do awesome shit. So all I got to say is do awesome shit. If you get anything from this podcast, if you want, if you've been like thinking that you want to run a 5K, but you're thinking, oh, but it's only a 5K and I'm probably too fat and so-and-so won't even think it's a big deal because it's only 5K, but I really want to do one. Do it. Who gives a Shit what other people think about you. Do it. And if it seems like you're thinking, I can't do a 5K, but I want to, do it anyway. Do whatever you want to do. If you're wanting to do skydiving or get your pilot's license or go back to school or start a business, I mean, find ways to make it happen, you know? It's so worth it. Okay, I'm not going to be all preachy. I just get fired up because I have lived such a complacent life of mediocrity for a long time and let so many opinions from others and um, different sort of <clears throat> limiting beliefs and fear of what other people are going to think about me. I've let my life um, be so stifled and so hampered by believing that shit you know, and living small. And I'm so over it. And it's sort of tragic. But it's also been my path and my growth and my story. So it's like, it's okay. But I don't want to keep doing it. It's getting more and more painful to keep doing it. So amen, folks out there. I was tired as hell starting this podcast. And I was even thinking like, this sounds so stupid, but I don't care. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna run these races. I'm gonna make these podcasts. I'm gonna accomplish my dream. And I don't care if I find it sounds silly because this is what my heart is telling me to do. So I appreciate you all for listening. If you haven't hit the subscribe button, please do so at your earliest convenience as well as leaving a rating, which you can do by scrolling down. Usually just scroll down to the bottom of the episodes and you'll find how to leave a review. And then that kind of helps me feel like it's like having my family there at the at the race, you know, seeing seeing my family cheering me on, hearing just all of the volunteers and all the people, the spectators cheering on the runners, it really helps the runners. Like there's a huge amount of energy that I felt at each aid station when I heard people cheering me on and actually just giving a shit. So like, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm asking you to cheer me on because 
it's awesome and it feels good to cheer people on. And I'm asking myself also to cheer people on because it's worth it. And now it is nearly 11 o'clock. I'm going to have a nice long sleep because I've given this day all I've got. I feel great about it. And um, I look forward to the next episode, which will be about something totally awesome. And I've got a great guest coming up named George Cow, who is a really rad, conscious internet marketer, Zen, master, Yoda, business coach, dude who is just going to rock your world and change your life. All right, people. Until next time, peace out. Hope the miracle soup is flowing strongly in you today. Aloha.